This is Dr. Ara Austin for the School of Molecular Sciences. This podcast is really to help our students set up in career paths that they're interested in. Welcome to this session of Graduating in Science. Now what? So on today's podcast, we have Dr. Evan Darcy joining us. Uh, Dr. Darcy is an alumni of ASU and received his bachelor's degree in medicinal biochemistry and ma- master's degree in chemistry here at SMS. Uh, Dr. Darcy currently is a senior scientist at Icogen, a global pharmaceutical company, and he designs and synthesizes drugs. So Dr. Darcy, thank you for joining us. And could you briefly introduce yourself to our students and share your academic background with them? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, so uh, I'm actually from Arizona. I went to high school at Mountain Point High School in Ahwatukee. Um, came to Arizona State University to pursue a degree in uh, pharmacy because my parents said I could make a lot of money doing that. So I thought that that seemed cool. I was the first person in my family to go to college, and you know my parents are immigrants, so that seemed uh, like a good idea. Um, but I kind of found myself struggling in the first couple of years of, of school because I didn't have any particular attachment to pharmacy, you know, and, um, you know, I got kind of poor grades because my passion wasn't there, Um, but it wasn't until I took uh, organic chemistry class from a faculty member, uh, Professor Skibo, that I really fell in love with organic chemistry, Mm -hmm. which not a lot of people say that, you know, it's kind of like we always talk about organic chemistry being the weed out class for med school, Um, but, you know, uh, Professor Skibo took me under his wing and gave me an opportunity to do research in his lab, and it was in that time that I really fell in love with making molecules Mm -hmm. and you know that's what my passion still is and so even though I'm a medicinal chemist to me it's just making new molecules that's what I like to do Uh, and so from there I um, was in the lab with Professor Skibo for a few years I was really excited to pursue a PhD in uh, synthetic organic chemistry so I applied to you know 10 or so graduate schools and I got rejected from all of them didn't get into any grad school and so I was really bummed out and was trying to decide what I want to do with my career, and Professor Skibo was very supportive, and he said, you know what, why don't you stay at ASU, do a master's degree to get, you know, boost your resume a little bit, then you can apply to grad school uh, again. And so that's what I did, and stayed, and I ended up boosting my grades. I got a 4.0 in my master's, and then I was excited to apply to all the top programs in the country, so I applied to probably 15 places, and I only got into one place. So still, I'm like, oh, I did all this work, and I still feel like I'm getting knocked down and I kind of felt defeated but I felt really grateful for the one opportunity I got at Boston University and sort of the rest of that was as history so I moved to Boston and uh, kind of switched fields to more materials chemistry and from you know did a, a PhD with uh, Professor Jasty making carbon nano hoops then from nano hoops I moved to UCLA and used these uh, fleeting intermediates to build really complex uh, scaffolds that you would find in uh, drug design uh, and that segued me into my career uh, at Icogen as a medicinal chemist. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and what a testament to not give up. And I think that's a really good thing for our students to hear. That That is wonderful. That Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Because the, the students often, when they get knocked down or when they get a bump in the road, but, but as you know, and I know too, that life there's always going to be obstacles that the students have to cross. And it's remaining diligent to your passion and, you know, making yourself a better candidate and making yourself a better candidate takes time. So so I think that's a really good lesson for students to hear. It was good and it was hugely important in my career. I don't think if I had faced that adversity as I would have, I wouldn't have got as far as I have now, you know. So I think it was 
a good learning opportunity. I think early on, I like to look outward for blame for why I wasn't doing well. But, you know, that process really helped me focus inward and say, okay, you know, I can be doing things a lot better. And that was all through the guidance from some of the great faculty at ASU, like Professor Skibo. I want to give a shout out to Professor Ann Jones, who was also there to support me along the way. So it was really all of that support network that helped me you know, move on to the next phase. Oh, great. And uh, a lot of our students are also interested in becoming a medicinal chemist or a scientist working in drug development. That is often why students pursue a degree in chemistry or in biochemistry. So what made you first get interested in pursuing that career path? It was, it was uh, working with Professor Skibo, and so his lab was all centered around um, uh, coming up with new chemotherapeutics. Um, and to do that, you need to be able to make new interesting molecules. And so uh, through that, he you know, kind of instilled in to me how important synthetic chemistry is for the whole, whole thing to work. Right? It doesn't matter if you have a biological target of interest. If you can't make a molecule that's going to interact with it, you know, all bets are off. And so it was really my interest in, in, um, in making new molecules and having that be a career opportunity that kind of got me into that area. Mm-hmm. And you know, I very much deviated from that in my PhD. And you know, I didn't start working on carbon nano hoops uh, for materials applications with the idea that that would lead me to MedChem. It was just, I wanted to make cool molecules. But ultimately, you know, having a passion for synthetic chemistry is really important for people who want to go into medicinal chemistry and develop drugs, you know. Right, right. And and I think um, students often fear organic chemistry, and this goes back to what you were originally saying, and that's what I teach. So um, students show up to my class, and they're all freaked out. But it's really understanding and breaking down, well, a lot of things, majority of the things that, you, that we interact with on a daily basis is all carbon-based, yeah. um, or just understanding the structure and how that structure really affects how that molecule reacts with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, just the basics that you cover, even at the 200-level course, is really monumental if the student wants to go into such a career path. So, Well, like, like we always say, I mean, you know, like this was instilled uh, in a lot of us by uh, Carolyn Bertozzi, which is chemistry is the central science, mm-hmm. right? It's the glue that binds materials chemistry medicinal chemistry, right? It all goes through chemistry. And so I think that is why it's so important for people's careers who are interested in sciences. Mm-hmm. In general, to have some kind of chemistry background. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you have worked at the National Institute of Health, NIH, as a postdoctoral scholar. Uh, what was that experience like, and how is that different from working in a corporate environment as you are now? Yeah, so I was uh, funded through the NIH, um, but my work took place at UCLA. Uh, under uh, Professor Neil Garg, uh, and it was much like grad school in terms of uh, the synthetic chemistry, so it was a lot of lab work, but being funded through the NIH also gave me opportunities to attend a lot of conferences, um, so I was able to attend a number of uh, conferences to sort of learn from the world leaders about uh, synthetic chemistry and medicinal chemistry, um, and it was a really great experience um, having that connection, and even just the, the process of applying for one of those fellowships is hugely important. Because no matter what career path you take, you're going to need to have professional writing uh, background, and um, that was a good opportunity to learn that aspect of Mm -hmm. of science. Yeah, and students often don't realize that being in an academic environment is very different from being in the corporate world. Um, So how was that transition for you, coming from a very traditional academic world or sphere and then leaving that behind to you know work for a company yeah it's it's um 
there are things that are different about it. You know, people keep you know fairly rigid schedules in industry, which is nice. I have a, a three-year-old son, and we have another baby on the way. Um, uh, but you know, I think the thing that binds everybody together is still the passion for for chemistry. So. Once you're in the lab, I think that it's it's actually very similar to, to my graduate and, and a, a postdoctoral experience. Mm-hmm. So that that was a, a nice aspect of it. Mm. And um, what types of drugs? And I'm asking in a very general way because I know that you can't tell me specifics. What types of drug development are happening at Icogen, uh, and what is your exact specific role in your company? Yeah, so Icogen is really founded on. Uh, drugging ion channel uh, 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 diseases uh, related to ion channels Uh, and so this historically is a very difficult thing to do Mm -hmm. you know you can't just stick a drug in the middle of the pore and clog it up (laughs) then you get no ion flux so you know there's a lot of uh, technology that had to be developed to be able to understand how we drug ion channels and so they have some really nice uh, proprietary uh, uh, technology that allowed us to be able to monitor that in real time. And so a lot of the projects at Igogen are kind of based around that general area. And so what we uh, look to do is actually partner with larger companies um, to bring a drug to market. So what our role as a a medium-sized biotech is to basically go from having a target that we're interested in Mm -hmm. to doing the SIR to develop a drug up until it could go into the clinic and then from there, we partner with larger companies to take that from the lead drug to the actual clinical trials. Very interesting. Yeah, and and there are so many different phases. Currently, I'm working on a project that involves some biotech companies, mm-hmm. and you forget that there are so many layers, and oftentimes companies have to depend upon each other to yeah. go to that next step. And so the transition from actually discovering a drug or creating something to hitting the market actually is a very long and difficult, arduous process. And very expensive. Yes. You know, I think that's the, you know, the drugs that make it from an academic lab mm-hmm. to market are very rare. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, the, they're the exception, not the rule. Um, I was fortunate at, at UCLA around the time I started, um, Xtandi was just being uh, uh, released, and that was actually a drug that was developed in Mike Jung, uh, Professor Mike Jung's lab at mm-hmm. UCLA. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see that it can be done. It's just you know you got to be uh, very good at uh, what you do to do that. Yeah, and it's it's funny because there are certain things that you think happens a certain way, but then you realize the 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 reality of it is very different from what you imagined it to be yeah. uh, when you were eighteen pursuing a degree in science. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's a lot more networking mm-hmm. is is much more important than I ever thought it would be, and just you know being sociable. I think. People think about chemists and organic chemists, especially, as very stiff, rigid people. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get anything done, you know, in an application sense, you need to be able to talk to investors, and you need to be able to talk to your students and everybody to have everything come together the right way. Mm-hmm. And last question for you is: As a medicinal chemist, what career-specific advice would you give to our undergraduate students or to our PhD students? Uh, obviously, there are diff- very different groups of students uh, and the different populations that we serve. Yeah, I think um, the main thing, as I uh, told the medicinal chemistry class this morning, is you really need to learn to live in the fire and, you know, just take whatever life throws at you in stride and keep uh, uh, persevering because, you know, as long as you have that passion for chemistry, you like doing doing the work, you know, things will work out. You just got to be a little flexible sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that's... Um, in grad school, we used to always joke and say, remember, high pressure makes diamonds. So just... <gasps> Keep going and, you know, go up there and introduce yourself to a Nobel laureate or 
you know, do whatever you got to do to get your name out there and, and, and pursue the career that you want to pursue. Yeah. And, and I think at the end of the day, passion and drive is what makes you who you are. So yes. um, a person may be, you know, maybe you think that that person's more intellectually uh, better than you are. But at the end of the day, if that person does not have the passion, it's just not going to work. So having the drive to pursue it, I think, is a very important message. Yeah. And not treating it like competition, I think, mm-hmm. as especially in undergrad you really feel the pressure of performing outperforming your peers Mm -hmm. but it's really how well somebody else does in the class is not going to affect what your career is right so it's really learning to challenge yourself and compete with yourself and not your colleagues and actually use your colleagues to help prop yourself up I think that's a some advice I wish I would have given myself as an undergrad, mm-hmm. be, be more social in that spec, respect with uh, your colleagues. Yeah, and, and I think more and more science is becoming so interdisciplinary, meaning, you know, every one of us have our own expertise, and it's because we can work together is that we develop something um, monumental or something bigger than if I was just doing it on my own. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, but thank you so much for joining us uh, in your time this uh, morning, and I think students will get a lot out of uh, your message today. I guess I'll just end with a, a Go Devils. I think we got some uh, March Madness coming up with uh, basketball, so let's see if Remy can make, make some noise. And also, football team this year I think is looking good, so I don't know if we want to include that, but I'm watching. Let's, let's see it. what we do. Yes, thank you so much for your time. More information on this episode of Graduating in Science, Now What?, can be found on School of Molecular Sciences website, sms.asu. 